And the reading today is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20, and that's on page 946 in your Green Bibles. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Ruby. If you'd like to have uh, that passage open on page 946, Matthew chapter 28, uh, the final words of Matthew's gospel. And as we sit, let's pray. Father, that your word would live in us by your spirit and empower us as we go from here. that we might indeed play our part in making disciples of all nations. Teach us now, encourage us. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The third in a little trilogy at the start of this new term, new season, we've just been refreshing who it is that we think we are, what it is that we think we're doing, we hope that we're doing under God and inspired by him. Fleshing out this vision statement that the PCC uh, have, have sort of worked out to be the Christ-centered family in Parsons Green. Not that we're the only people doing that, <laughs> plenty of other people, but that's our particular call, our particular vision here. We've looked, at, as we've studied John 15, at how in gathering in as family, we live out Jesus' command to love one another. And as being centered on Christ, in order that we, rooted in him, if you like, grow up into greater maturity and understanding and love of him. Um, and so we looked at the command last week in John 15 to remain in the vine. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Our life and our fruitfulness derives only from remaining in him, being satisfied in him. And the third sort of point of the triangle, if you like, if we gather in as family, if we grow up by being Christ-centered, is that we go out into the world in which God has called us to live and be. We've got to start somewhere. So since we're in this building and this building is in Parsons Green, then let's start there. For the first early church, they were based in Jerusalem. And so God said, well, Jerusalem, and start from there, Samaria and the ends of the earth. Um, 
we can get onto um, the whole of London and the UK and Europe and the rest of the world in future weeks. But for now, why don't we just focus on going into our immediate area, Parsons Green and associated districts. Go. We go because Jesus sends us. Look at verse 19. His final remarks to the disciples according to Matthew. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go. It's about movement. I, I personally, I wish that Jesus had said, sit where you are. And all nations will waft by you eventually. And as they do, you can chat to them. And um, you never know what might happen. He didn't say that. He said, go. Go involves movement. Some of us here will remember 18 months ago or so on our weekend away, we looked at um, the seven vital signs of life for all living organisms under the acronym Mrs. Gren. Movement, respiration, sensitivity, growth, reproduction, excretion, and nutrition. Um, if you want to know more about that, come and see me afterwards. I can give you some details. Every single living thing exhibits in some way those seven vital signs. And the first one, the M, is for movement. Living things move in some way. Put it the other way around. If you don't move, eventually you'll die. And as that's true in a biological sense and in a physical sense, it's true in a spiritual sense. And so Jesus says to us, go, go. Actually, all the way through Matthew's gospel, Jesus has said, come, come to me. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you weighed down? Come to me. Move to me. And here, having come to Jesus so that we remain in him, he says, go. The word for mission, which we use in this context, just, just going out with the good news in whatever way, shape, or form it is, being, being good news for a lost and needy world. The word mission comes from the Latin word miteo, which means I send. Missionaries are just people who are sent by God in Christ. Jesus sends us. We are all called to be missionaries by derivation, as he's instructed the disciples and they instruct others. We stand in that great line and in heritage. We're missionaries. We're called to go. To go and do what? Verse 19. To go and make disciples of all nations. Disciples just mean, um, that just means learners. We sometimes say followers, don't we? Followers of Jesus. But, um, and again, sort of Jesus is a shepherd and the sheep, but I don't know how many intelligent, thought-processing sheep you, you know. We tend to think of sheep as dumb animals. Um, uh, um, obedient, in a sense, as they follow and are dependent on the shepherd. But in disciple, there's, there's more there, actually. A disciple in Jesus' day was someone who attached themselves to a rabbi and learnt everything questioned, looked, and processed. And that's what we're called to do with those who don't yet know the Lord. Encourage them to think, inquire, reason, and process 
all that there is to know of the Lord so that we in turn may encourage others. We're to go and make learners. Learners of all nations. All nations. Interesting, I don't need to turn to it, but in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 5 and 6, if you're making notes, he says to the disciples, as he calls them, he appoints them, the twelve, and then he says, go, and he commissions them to go out, but with a condition. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. Go to the people of Israel. Go to your own kind. And he specifically says, don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the other types of people. Just go to your own. But this, of course, is Jesus' post-resurrection. This is Jesus who, in God's power, has smashed the tyranny of death and proved himself to be the Lord of the entire universe. This is Jesus who's no longer Israel's teacher, Israel's rabbi. This is Jesus, Lord of the nations. And so the mandate is no longer to go to people like us. It's to everyone. All nations. And this is part of our vision here. It's part of our aspiration here at St. Darnis. These um, last, the last two weeks and today is as much for home team, as it were, to refresh ourselves in, in the vision and for visitors, guests, people thinking of becoming part of us. It's for you to know what it is that you're joining. A family committed to one another. A family committed to the Lord. A family committed to going out to all nations. We're reviewing our, uh, the way in which we, we do that in a certain sense. I'll come on to that in a minute. But let me just say that actually by default, by being a, 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 a sort of central London parish, we do that by default. I've been here um, as vicar nearly two years. And even within that re- relatively short space of time, there have been people who've come to the church, got plugged in to the church, I can think of a couple who were in our house group. They came, they contributed in different ways, they got to know us, and then they've moved on. They've moved out. And I hope and pray that in the short time they were with us, they picked up enough of what it means to live for God, that wherever they're plugged into now, they're being a a, a sent person, helping in the process of making disciples. And I can think of other people who've been here some time, and after a while, it's time to go. They go somewhere else. Maybe job and that kind of thing contributes. But I hope there's a sense of call from God to go. They, they go as missionaries. And so, in a sense, you, you just the environment, our culture, uh, fairly transient, fairly mobile. People come in and people go out. And I think we should... It's painful sometimes. It's difficult. Uh, we, you know, we hate, in a sense, saying goodbye to people we've got to know. But as we think of the wider context and of the work of the kingdom, I wonder whether we can release them and pray for them and rejoice with them as they go as missionaries, in a sense. Go and make disciples of all nations. How how do we fulfill that? Well, people come and go, as I've just said. But secondly, as we seek to, to flesh this out, What we undertake to do here as a church is to, in as many ways as we can, actively support those who work 
amongst all nations and the people of all nations. That might mean people who are actually based in other nations of the world. Or it might be people who are based in this city, maybe are our next door neighbors, but working with peoples from nations who are in our global city. Missionaries actually overseas, or missionaries on our doorstep with people from overseas. There's a process that we've begun, or we're beginning, uh, uh, and I want, I hope we'll continue over the next few weeks, where starting with the house groups and people attached to house groups, and uh, I'd love you to consider joining one if you haven't already. Um, there we're going to just brainstorm and pray and discuss the kind of projects, the kind of work, the kind of ministries, the kind of people that we as a church would love to sponsor and to support in prayer and correspondence and financially. People who will help to fulfill this mandate of Jesus. In one sense, it would be wonderful if we could all go and minister amongst the people in China, particularly the churches who are looking to grow in uh, an oppressive regime, or to come alongside those orphaned by AIDS in the sub-Saharan continents and uh, nations of Africa, in the continent of Africa, or to do something about the, the trafficking of women that still goes on how many years, 200 years after the abolition of the slave trade. There's uh, 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 awful figures of women being abused in that way. And there are godly men and women, Christian folk who are working in all those areas and many others. It, it's just not practical for us to go and do all those things, to literally fulfill that mandate here. But we can support others. And as a church and as a PCC, we undertake to do that. We set aside a certain amount of our income specifically to support others in carrying out this command. And we're in a time when we want to review who that is. I, I'm guessing that we'll have something like six or seven or maybe eight mission partners. They may be an individual, like Elizabeth Hume, who we currently support. Or it may be an organization, like Tear Fund, Christian Aid, or whatever it might be, Euro Evangelism, working behind the former uh, Iron Curtain countries to evangelize and to bring the good news of the gospel. They'll, you'll have all sorts of ideas. It might be working amongst young and old, uh, people disadvantaged in whatever way. And we want prayerfully as a church to see what it is that God is laying on our hearts, as it were, so that we might play our part in making disciples of all nations. That word for nations is the Greek word ethne. And elsewhere, it's, it's translated, as I've intimated while I've been speaking, it's translated really as, as a, a people group. It, so in other words, it's used in the New Testament to refer to the Gentiles as a, 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 a nationality, shall we say, a people group. And some commentators have argued that this uh, uh, mandate here, this command in verse 19, to make disciples of all nations is perhaps more accessibly understood as... as as getting alongside and making disciples of all people groups that we encounter. Just maybe to just offset the, the notion that can exist that 
to make disciples of all nations means we've got to go overseas. Maybe we, we, we've got to carry over of a church understanding that talks about overseas mission as if there's no mission to be done on our doorstep and as if there's not a lot of overseas uh, other nations living on our doorstep. So if we, if we understand this mandate as, as going and making disciples of all people groups, then actually we begin to see how just as Jesus tasked the disciples individually in a sense, God through Christ by his spirit might be tasking each and every one of us. We, me, you are called to go and to make disciples of people groups, all people groups. There's a challenge here. The disciples were from a Jewish background and we know from the early church and from the mandate in the start of Acts, Acts 1 verse 8, that yes, start with Jerusalem, start with your own, but quickly go out to Samaria, Gentile area, not your own, and to the ends of the earth, all peoples. This gospel has power to smash every single barrier of race, or of creed, or of background, or of color, or of age. And you are to be this good news bearer. Don't just go to the people you get on with. Don't just, you can start there. If you've never talked to anyone else about the good news that you have discovered yourself in Christ, then start with someone who's like you. <laughs> Practice, if you like. Saying something of what it is to know God in Christ and the love and the forgiveness and the freedom that he brings. But don't end there. It's to go to people who are not like you. People who are different in terms of background or habit or culture or, or style of clothing or profession, color of face, age. And to recognize that God wants to do a work in them, to call them to himself. How do we make disciples of all nations? How specifically do we do that? Well, two things that Jesus says. Verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, formally, baptism is what I might perform here in a church from time to time. But, you know, the word baptize means to overwhelm to immerse. It was used of material in a dye. When you dyed a material, it was baptized so that when it came out of the dye, it was completely transformed. It's, it's that sense that we are, we are all involved in, to overwhelm people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, in the, the original language, it's into the name. There's a sense of close allegiance. I, I leave whatever allegiance I had before in order to live under a different allegiance. The allegiance of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you notice three persons, and yet it's one name. We immerse them, we overwhelm them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So just as you put a piece of material into a die and you bring it out. It's different 
That's the expectation, the anticipation as we engage with all peoples. So baptizing them. And secondly, verse 20, teaching them. Do you see what it says, verse 20? Teaching them to discuss in small groups some of the things I've commanded you. I wasn't sure what obey everything meant, so I looked it up, and I discovered that what it actually means is obey everything. (laughs) So I spent a little bit of time pondering that. Teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. What has Jesus commanded us? Well, we've rehearsed one or two. He's commanded us to love one another. To love as he loves us. Think how we've been loved. We are commanded to obey others to love in that same way. He's commanded us to remain in him. We're to teach others that. Matthew, earlier on, as you'll know, around the Lord's Prayer, he's taught that no one can serve two masters. You can't serve God of the God of materialism, of money and of wealth and of all that's surrounded that little God. You can't serve God and that. You'll have to choose. That's a tough one to live out and to work out in our everyday lives. But we, we need to work it out so that we can teach others to work it out, so that they can teach others in turn. That's what's involved in making disciples. Do you know, here's, here's something. It's just, this is kind of, you know, a little appendix here for those who are up for the challenge. I speak to myself. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. I noticed when I looked up the thing where he sends out the 12, verse 8 of chapter 10, he doesn't say, pray for the sick to be healed or the dead to be raised or the leprous to be cleansed. He says, Heal, cleanse, raise. Don't don't form a committee to discuss about it and see if we'll plan something in six months. Just do it. For what he commanded the twelve. He'd only just called them. Start of chapter 10, he calls the twelve. Next thing he says, oh, better do Alpha first, just to make sure you know what you're doing. He just says, go and heal the sick. It's what you're meant to do. Food for thought for us here at St. D's. It's daunting. It's a daunting task as we seek to follow this God, to live out in our lives his life in us. If you're not daunted, I don't think you've been listening for the last 10 minutes. I'm scared stiff when I think about it. I mean, that's why I love things like Alpha that make it a bit easier. I've got, a, I've got a leaflet that looks like it knows what it's talking about. I, I kind of hide behind that. Would, would you like to come to this? I'm, I'm going to go to the first one and see what it's like. Will you come with me? I'm not sure I want to go on my own, actually. And you Look, here it is. It's in a thing over there, 7.30. Apparently they do food. That's about, that's about the limit of my guts and courage, if I'm honest. So go and make disciples of all nations. Three brief encouragements. Do you notice at the start, verse 17, 
before Jesus says all this, what's the first thing? They worshipped him. They worshipped him. It starts with worship of Jesus. We can't do all this stuff until we know who we are. We can't go out in all this activity until we, we've just been caught, as the hymn says, in wonder, love and praise. Until we can sing with such conviction, and can it be that you should save me, that you should die for me, that my chains should fall off? They worshipped him. Three words that might really encourage most of us, certainly encourage me in verse 17. They worshipped him, but some doubted. The apostles. The guys who'd lived with him cheek by jowl for three years. The guys who'd seen the dead raised, Lazarus. Who'd seen the leprous cleansed. Who'd seen people healed. Who'd seen demons cast out before their very eyes for three years. Doubted. Oh, oh, and died and then raised again. I almost forgot. And resurrected to new life. There in front of them, eating fish for breakfast. And they doubted. Actually, if I'm going to be fair to the text, um, or hesitated. It's difficult to know how to translate that. Hesitated. And maybe, as commentators have pointed out, and I think this is valid, um, maybe they hesitated because as great, good monotheists, Jews, where you just worship Yahweh, then... Is it right that I worship Jesus? Is that not two gods? That kind of clashes with all that I've learned about my good Jewish upbringing. But yes, I think some of them have seen it and others are just hesitating as they realize, yes, Jesus is God. Another person of the Godhead. Yes, I worship him. And by derivation, as we understand the New Testament, so I worship the Spirit and his activity in my life. I, I ask for more of them in me, him in me. But it's, it's encouraging, isn't it, to think that if you're having doubts, these guys had doubts. W will it work if I ask someone to consider the claims of Christian, Christianity? Will it what will they say if I invite them to Alpha? What will they say if I tell them that I go to church because I think I believe in the things that church stands for? Will they reject me? Will I have no friends? Will I be ostracized at work or in the place where I live? Will that have consequences on promotion or my ability to make more friends, meet more people? Can God deal with those fears? I don't know, and, and I understand the doubt. But amid the doubt, they worshipped him. Second thing, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He said that before he sent them. It was the first thing he said to them. In other words, please be assured, all authority in heaven and on earth, if you think about it, that's quite a lot of authority. And if it's been given to Jesus, and we remain in Jesus, do you remember last week, and Jesus lives in us, then the authority given to him is given to us as we remain in him. We have that authority. 
and therefore power. The power to see lives changed. This was illustrated for me the other day when I was invited to pull over to the side on my pedal bike um, by an officer of the law. Uh, it was a tiny little thing um, to do with a red light. <laughs> and as I pulled over and um, engaged in conversation with the officer of the law, I, I realized that he was shorter than me in stature and younger. By, by several years. I mean, he looked like he just left school, this guy. Frightening. Humanly speaking, there was nothing of him. But I was dutiful as I listened to all that he had to say to me. Because he had a uniform on. And the uniform denoted authority. And behind that authority, the power of the law and the parliament and Her Majesty and all Her Majesty's horses, and all Her Majesty's men, and a nuclear weapon or two as well. Quite a lot, actually. And he was authorised to stop me. And I, I'd better well pay attention to that. And we have, we may not feel particularly powerful, but if we step into the authority that we have, the power comes. How do I know that? Final thing. It's the final thing that Jesus says. That last sentence. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew started his gospel by talking about Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. He ends his gospel by talking about Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. I am with you always. In the AV, uh, this little passage here has um, the two things that Jesus says. Go, and then this last sentence, which is translated here, and surely I am with you. It's just translated, lo, lo, I am with you. Go and lo. And I think it was Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones who preached a fantastic sermon over this passage, and he pointed out that if we don't go, there will be no low. If we want to know God's presence with us and his power with us, as we go from here, his missionaries, to make disciples of all nations, he promises that. Are we with you always? All authority in heaven and on earth. But if we know the, the low, I am with you always, we'll need to go. And so it's a core value for us here at St. Dee's, we gather in, we grow up, we go out to his glory. Amen.